It's the Weekly Wrap with your host, broadcasting legend Bruce Wolf, and his trusty sidekick, comedian Tim Slagle. And now, without further ado, Bruce Wolf. Bruce Wolf, Tim Slagle on the Weekly Wrap, and now my favorite part of the program where I guess what's in Tim's background, and I'm going to guess Tim uh, in honor of the mysterious shooting at uh, White Sox Stadium uh, the other day, that uh, you have got a picture of the actual uh, perpetrator who allegedly was a an o- overweight woman who had the gun inside her belly fat. And I don't know if I want to look at this, but show it to me. Actually, I'm at a press conference. It's, uh, oh, yeah, it's, uh, we're waiting for, uh, <laughs> waiting for Senator McConnell to speak again. So, sure, sure. Um, might I gotta a, say, might be a look, while. You look, um, marvelous compared to, uh, <laughs> Senator McConnell, I I'll tell you, you know, once burnt twice shy here, I uh, I'm just going to adjust my uh, there we go. The uh, you know, he did it once that they, they should have yanked him at, at that point. Right. I mean, yeah. it, this is yeah. this is this is embarrassing. It this makes is, you wonder between him, Fetterman, Feinstein, and Biden. It makes you wonder who's really running the country, doesn't it? You know what? I, I got a theory about that. You know, when we were a young country, we needed a father of our country, George Washington. This thing runs on automatic pilot now. Uh, you know, well, I mean, look at it. You've got how much? Kind of like, kind of like the movie Brazil. Well, there you go. I, I, what do you, what do you think about? I mean, the federal budget. First of all, most of the stuff is locked in anyway. You know, we always got you know, some guy wants to pinch a few pennies here and there, but it's all discretionary spending. And, uh, you know, all, so really, I mean, there isn't that much to do. And that's good because we're beyond that. So it's fine to, in their dotage to have these people wandering around. Somebody tweeted, I think it was Iowa Hawk, which, you know, I was really it, it, it's, it's amazing. People are losing all their sense of good taste and it's putting us on a business, too, because, I mean, <laughs> Iowa Hawk, I think, said he wanted to see a pay-per-view debate between Feinstein and McConnell. And I mean, it's just <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, well, uh, we'll get more uh, have more on uh, Senator Mitch. Uh, and, uh, you know, if, if he breaks in when, you know, and says anything, you, you'll you'll tell us, I'm sure. Yeah, it's, uh, he's still he's still froze. So, yeah. Um, plus a little tease here. I think we have video. I don't want to show it right now because, you know, I want to keep people you know, enthralled. Uh, the um, we have we have video of one Tim Slagle in a stand up routine, Uh-oh. I believe. Yeah, actual yeah. actual evidence yeah. that I'm a working comic <laughs> with. Uh, <laughs> Uh, regarding to, uh, Mitch McConnell. But uh, speaking of politics, so Donald Trump and I, I predicted this. Remember when he was going to announce how he knew that the Georgia election was rigged and he was going to have an, an announcement like the following Monday from his Bedminster golf course. And I said, yeah, and he'll probably shoot around a 67 that day as well uh, when he when he <laughs> unveils that. Well, they canceled that press conference. However, he did say that he shot a 67. Wow. At Bedminster, which I got to tell you, as somebody who practices golf practically every day, I mean, it's it's my white whale. Uh, speaking of white whales, Trump did not uh, did not shoot a 67. There's there's absolutely uh, there's absolutely no way that he did that. Um, I, I would, that's I, what that's what he claimed. He claimed a 67. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. He claimed a 67, and, you which know, is exactly what you predicted. 
I don't know if I predicted that score per se, but I mean, oh, okay. it was certainly under par and uh, th- there's no way. I mean, that guy, uh, I my guess is, is that he probably can't even uh, can't even break 90 most of the time. Which isn't bad. It's not a that not bad. I mean, most average golfers are around that anyway. But uh, no, no, not with his swing, not with his girth. He can barely yeah. get around. Maybe uh, it was and, on a maybe it was on a mini course. Mini yeah. Golf well, course. here's the thing. It's speaking of his girth. So then they, he's he's arrested. He has his mugshot. And I got to tell you, you know, just to show that I'm not, you know, evil. I thought his mugshot was very handsome. <laughs> it was very nice. <laughs> Um, however, I think he weighed in the tail of the tape and we're not talking about a a perfect phone call tape. We're talking about the height and weight six, three, which I I believe on the height or six, four, two, 15. Uh, no, no, he's two 15. I think you could add his golf score to that, the purported golf score. And maybe you're close to it. Uh, what, what his real weight is. Well, did they actually uh, stick him on a scale at at Fulton County or did they just ask him what it was? Probably. I mean, the scales of justice, uh, uh, weigh heavily against him (laughs) right now, but, um, because meantime, if he's, he was actually on a scale and it actually showed 215, I mean, it's not really his fault, is it? 215, I, I believe, was the time on the scale. Uh, when, <laughs> when he had that. So, uh, so it also it, it also would indicate yeah. that there's probably a lot of flatulence in there. It probably, probably. But again, very nice headshot. Uh, I, I really like that. So here's something else that is rigged. I mean, it's even worse than his height and his weight is this whole idea that his trial is going to start. And this is the January 6th trial of, of the four cases. The one that has any merit whatsoever is maybe the Mar-a-Lago documents case. But this is the um, yeah, it's a great, great shot of, uh, of Trump. Um, They're referring to that on the Web as the Kubrick stare. <laughs> oh, it's really? a Jack, yeah, Jack, Jack Nicholson, when he started to, in the shining, when he started to, started oh, okay. to go a little uh, a private pile in a full metal jacket. When he said, we uh, live in a world of uh, excrement and did, wait, uh, wait, did private pile say that in full metal jacket? Yeah. Or I, I just, I can't remember. Yeah. It says, uh, uh, yeah. come on pile. It, it, it's, uh, uh, you're going to be in a world. But I mean, is of, the stare, uh, the sergeant is the stare from the sergeant. Or no, no, it's from, it's from, it's from pile when he starts to, when he starts to lose it. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. You can Google. Oh, yeah. And then there's also the, uh, uh, uh clockwork orange, the famous clockwork okay. orange. So did all, anybody, so all uh, the same stare. Did hell, I think hell 9,000 also had that stare, if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> right when he went, right before he went into the singing Daisy, but on super Tuesday, Super t- the, the trial for the, the January 6th case is starting the day. <laughs> Thank you there, for the, there you the go. private pile there. There you go. The, uh, the trial is. Uh, and, and, you know, by the way. Why didn't Kubrick cast Jim Neighbors as private pile? I mean, that, <laughs> I mean, it would have been perfect. Wouldn't you have loved to see Jim? Holy G Sergeant Cart. <laughs> blow him away. Oh, man. We live in a world of poo poo. <laughs> you know the, the thing is is he and then goober would have come along and citizens arrest citizens arrest he he, he but the problem is they would have had to end the movie right there never would have cut to nancy sinatra singing uh these boots are made for walking in vietnam it's just that everybody would have walked out of the theater after gomer pile did that so i understand the, the the casting on that um but anyway there's so there's just um 
the, the trial is going to be starting the day before Super Tuesday. So it's possible that Trump or the the Trump will have wrapped up the nomination before he's convicted. And then you're going to have all these 14th Amendment challenges to whether he should be on the ballot or not. And various secretaries of state who already allegedly have screwed Trump over in 2020 will get a chance to do it again. Um yeah, they won't that have to rig the election. This, they won't have to rig the election this time around. Yeah, so. I, it's just you can't do that. I mean, uh, I, it's actually the Obama method of getting elected, isn't it? it is uh, get your opponents off the off the slate. Uh, Alice Palmer, I believe, was the black woman who, you know, was guaranteed her seat. And then they decided for, finally to challenge her her uh, ballot petition and the signatures on it got her knocked off. He gets that, that election. Then of course, thanks to David Axelrod and the tribune and, and let's, let's give credit to uh, the uh, puritanical instincts of the Republican party. Jack Ryan gets knocked, knocked off for having sex with his wife, I I believe. And, and, what was the in, other guy in front of people in front of people yeah well yeah it's not right yeah, it's jerry ryan okay yeah, jerry it's ryan, uh right you're gonna want witnesses okay <laughs> and, <laughs> and otherwise the, your friends aren't gonna believe it who was the democratic nominee a bruce guy this billionaire or whatever he he got his divorce papers were, were shown so you know that was the way obama uh, glided uh glided through but um so yeah you know it I, this is going to be one of the craziest. But again, it doesn't really matter who's the president or who's the Senate, the Senate minority leader behind you. It doesn't really matter. Right. Because it's we're a, we're mature. It's the, deep, it's the deep state. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I do have to say something about Trump, though. So he does this interview with Tucker Carlson. And. It's interesting you know, for a narcissist, he doesn't really have that great an ego, because if I knew what the Tucker Carlson believed. And, and it all came out in the the, the libel case and the discovery and the, the memos and the texts that Carlson thinks that Trump is awful. He's horrible. And and it came out. And then he, he does an interview with Tucker Carlson, which, by the way, at this count, has over one trillion views right now. I mean, it's like interplanetary. But, uh, <laughs> so, I mean, we've got to rethink this whole Trump ego thing. I mean, I understand that politics makes for strange bedfellows, but the, the guy flat out and he, Trump is always very sensitive. He gets rid of people who don't flatter him. But here's a guy. And by the way, I think McConnell's about to talk. I think you think about that, Mr. Uh, Minority <laughs> Leader. Hey, thanks for um, those three Supreme Court justices. As far as I'm concerned. <laughs> You could you can be a living uh, monument to yourself <laughs> right now. We'll put you next to the Washington Monument. Take your pick, Mitch McConnell. I mean, he as far as I'm concerned, yeah. he's got more than a life estate in this Senate seat. He can be there. You know, we stand on the shoulders of giants. We've got a, a franchise, the dead. G.K. Chesterton said, I say Mitch McConnell stays there. You know, over over the eons, he may lose two or three of his chins, maybe may get a little gaunt. He looks a little gaunt there right now. But um <laughs> Now that we know what we know about Merrick Garland, what a favor he did. That's uh Oh, totally. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Even if he didn't that. get any appointments, they're so just, just getting rid of Merrick. Yeah, just stay there. Just stand there and I, <laughs> I hope you come back for the next few second segments. Bruce will Tim Slagle on the weekly wrap.
thoughts on running for re-election in 2026? What are my thoughts about what? Running for re-election in 2026. Oh, that's a... Did you hear the question, Senator? Running for re-election in 2026? All right, I'm sorry, you all. We're going to need a minute. Senator. Any? Bruce Will, Tim Slagle on the weekly wrap. And I believe Senator McConnell is going to speak any moment now. <laughs> and, um, you know, uh, I, I know what it's like to freeze up uh, I, like that. Uh, I did that in law school. Uh, <laughs> I, I looked exactly like McConnell. Class called commercial paper. The professor, you know, it was like a Kingsfield moment. He asked me seven successive questions. I got them all wrong. Finally asked me a question. I'm so lost. And then he says, hey, it's yes or no. 50% chance you'll get it right. Then he said, somebody put a mirror under his nose to see if he's breathing. <laughs> I actually thought it was all funny until after the class. And everybody said, boy, he really got you. But I got an A in the class. That's okay. Um, I heard but- someone suggest that maybe it was the first time he tried edibles. Oh, okay. Well, I'm thinking it's one, two, three strokes. You're out in the old ball game, uh, uh, Senator McConnell. But anyway, without further ado, I mean, you know, we do have uh, our own Tim Slagle standing in front of McConnell. But Tim also in his other life is a stand up uh, comedian. And here's here's a clip from one of his most recent shows. Okay, one last one last. Here we go. I'm going to do a little impression for you. Okay, you guys like impressions. This is my this little impression that I've been doing all week, and I think it's pretty good. Mitch McConnell, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> now, I, uh... I, I got to tell you something, Tim. I, and I want to tell you how to do your act, because I know it's all timing and you've, you've got it honed. But, see, I would have stood there for at at least four or five minutes. I would have. Oh, an oh, oh, the first time I did the first night I did it. That's what uh, I did. Oh, really? Okay. I just, oh, it, oh, it was, it was, it was fantastic. <laughs> it was, I mean, that's Andy Kaufman-esque. Oh, you know, it was, it was, Kaufman it was so much. There, yeah. It was so much Hall. fun because you get the first laugh. I, I got yeah. the first laugh and then it was quiet for a second. And then the titters <laughs> and then people started laughing again. And then the problem was people what? guessed who I was doing. Oh, there you go. So I had to, I had, to, that's why I cut it short, but uh, uh, I think I do have a, a tape of me doing it where it was. Okay. I, I think it was like a full two minutes. I stood there. Well, I mean, you know, and you're, you're entitled to um... also to get it on TikTok, It has to be under 30 seconds. So that's right. the other. So, um, yeah, I just, just a little bit of advice here. Well, you did it anyway. You did the long version, but I mean, that's like, like Victor Borga when he was at Carnegie Hall and he'd play a trill and he said, you know, I could, I could just keep you people here forever <laughs> and, and do that. Or Andy Kaufman, who did the same round over and over again until people walked out. And uh, so, you know, yeah, uh, Michael Jordan uh, yeah, yeah he did the uh, he did. the He sang 100 bottles of beer on the wall. <laughs> And like by the time he got down to, down to like eighty eight, people are going, "Is he going to do all one hundred? Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> yes, he did. It was a torture chamber, <laughs> no question about it. Um, all right. So, uh, good news for us. Uh, there's a new poll out. Seventy seven percent of Americans. I forgot, you know, where this poll came from, including lots of Democrats. Say Biden is too old to be president of the United States. Yeah, uh, this is a Josh Crashauer tweet, and it's an AP Nork poll. So. It's got to be true. Sixty nine percent of Democrats. I mean, Biden is 80 years old. So so that's good news. But, you know, 
to Mick to Jagger that. is not too old. <laughs> right. It's, right. It's, no. it's, it's amazing that there's two sides of 80. Oh, it's, I mean, uh, yeah. We, it's like it's that. like it's like flip a coin when you hit 80. huh? Yeah. No, we've talked uh, about and seen the video of Mick Jagger dancing. Uh, and uh, I think he's playing soccer at the same time. He's, he's unbelievable. Um, but, you know, just to balance that off, uh, Karine Jean-Pierre, the uh, spokes being actually, I mean, had the temerity, the chutzpah. I mean, I, I gosh, you know, and they made fun of Ron Nesson or whoever. Uh this she said that Biden is busy all the time. He's constantly working on things. I mean, you know what? You could believe that she believes that because she's such a nincompoop. But I mean, <laughs> nobody else believes that. I mean, it, 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 it's absolutely ridiculous. Twenty-three so, out of the past thirty days, he was uh, he was on vacation, and uh, you know, but of course, he's not as busy as he used to be because when he, you know, he used to be like in business with his son Hunter. Uh, and uh, sure. there was, there was not as not as busy as Clinton either. <laughs> no, Clinton so, Clinton got busy. <laughs> so he apparently some entity uh, I I forgot which one uh, was bribing them at the time paid like one hundred forty two thousand dollars for a hunter. It's a it's a downstroke on a sports car. Not even at the whole payment. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Rakishev sent Hunter Biden a four hundred one hundred forty two thousand dollars, three hundred dollar payment for a sports car on April 22nd, 2014. The same day, Joe Biden appeared alongside Ukrainian leaders in Kiev. Now, you know, just because one thing follows another, you know, the rooster pros and then dawn breaks. It doesn't mean <laughs> that, that that's post hoc ergo propter schlock. And um, yeah, there's a there's a yeah. there's a page where you can look up things that are that seem to follow the same trend. And the, they, they, they compare swimming pool drownings to Nick Cage movies. <laughs> and there is that's what's called a correlation. Yeah, Not exactly. A, a, a cause. Uh, <laughs> exactly. People don't kill themselves over uh, or over or over Nick Cage. Um, only only the financiers of the p- p- pictures, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so. So anyway, there, there. But there is more bad news. Uh, Matt Continenti uh, in the commentary magazine uh, this month, and he's no fan of Trump, uh, pointing out that uh, Obama apparently had a visit to the White House recently uh, at some point, and he was he tried to spin it the 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 best way. But basically, he has no confidence in um, in Biden and actually fears Trump. Um, And there's a lot of bad news, as Continenti points out. Fitch downgraded the U.S. credit rating. The price of gas is rising. The strategic petroleum reserve is at its lowest in 40 years. After an early summer lull, illegal border crossings are up. New York City has nowhere to put migrants. The Ukrainian counteroffensive has yet to, has yet to punch through the Russian defenses. U.S. military is out of ammunition. Uh, so, uh, and, and Biden's not doing anything about any of this, so, which is good. But um, I heard there's a petroleum reserve. You can't fill it up again. It's only it was only meant for it. Uh, they just filled up a bunch of salt mines. I, I, I just saw this recently. And oh, once you take it, once you take all the once you take all the petroleum out, uh, it's uh, it's you can't do it. You can't do it again. Can't fill them again. It's uh, oh, right. So even even though you're going to have to be filling it at one hundred dollars a barrel, you, you know, rather than like when Trump wanted to refill it at twenty, and I think he was voted down in Congress when he, when oh, okay. he tried to. Well, we will just kick that can down the road like Social Security and everything else. Don't worry about it. I'm not going to be around. Certainly, Senator McConnell's not going to be around. I can tell you that much. 
Um, I think our military is going to be running on solar by then, though. Solar and wind. <laughs> that's, that's it's just, great. So I you just hope we, they don't attack at night. Uh, I, right, right. I, or when we have you know, our fight with the sun, the sun people. Um, you know, it's funny that in the rundown here for today's show, Chris, uh, our producer, who is a diehard White Sox fan, did put in a White Sox thing, but he didn't put the whole thing about the shooting at, uh, huh. at, at, at White Sox Park. And, uh, you know, I that, that I, like, I really. I remember when they built that, that was everyone's speculation that you had the, that yeah. huge grandstand right across, uh, uh Robert the, Taylor. The Dan, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, as a matter of fact, it was the one allusion or reference that Mike Royko ever made to me in, uh, in a column because he said that these two crazy radio guys, me and the other one was Jonathan Brammeyer, the host of the show were reporting you know, scurrilous rumors about shootings coming from somewhere else. Well, they tried to blame it on wherever, like it came from a mile away. But the latest I mean, it, the best theory right now is that an overweight woman snuck the, a gun in her belly fat. And I'm saying, well, from now on, you know, and they and they have, you know, they they <laughs> drop the weapon through metal detectors. You there? You, anybody with a more a body mass of more than twenty five uh, is going to have to be strip searched uh, <laughs> coming into uh, into the ballpark. I I don't know what else you do. Somebody tweeted to me that that was a tummy gun, you know, which I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> uh, and um, oh, and somebody asked, would it be a crime to use your body fat as a silencers? As a silencer, aren't silencers illegal? So then, fat people would be illegal, and you know that's. Um, only if you're shooting from within the body fat, and... <laughs> probably. Was but this anyways, the actual woman that got shot, or was it was, well, was she, it someone else? It, the, the theory is that she accidentally shot herself and then shot somebody else too, and nobody was seriously hurt. But there's all kinds of questions as to why they didn't shut the stop the ball game at, at that point. Um, yeah. And uh, as Chris yeah, says, the sure, same you're, investigators you're... who did the Coke investigation of the White House will never know. Right. Right. So uh, I'm wondering. I heard something new on the Coke investigation, too. What's that? Is that actually that it was a that it was a drop, that it was a regular that they found a regular oh. drop, that somebody who lives in the White House oh, is a regular oh. user. Oh, I can't imagine who that is. But, uh, yeah, probably the, the, the fat person who came into uh, Comiskey Park lives in the White House. The um, do you think that. Um, do you, does does fat act like Kevlar? Uh, I mean, can it? Sure. Yeah. Right. So the she's kind of bulletproof. I I guess that woman. <laughs> so so, um, so was this the woman? Was this the woman that sued? Because a one woman who was shot sued. Is somebody su filed a lawsuit already on this? I didn't know that. Duh. <laughs> right, what am I talking geez, about? There were we'll no Chicago attorneys ready to take up that right, case. Right, right. We'll check it out during the break. Bruce Wolf, Tim Slagle on the weekly wrap. local Starbucks location has removed all of their customer seating, siding with the company calls safety concerns. KTLA's Alina Bobian live in Studio City with the story. Such a shame, Alina. Good morning. Jessica, good morning. That's right. When you think of a coffee shop, you think about going inside, getting a cup of coffee, and maybe sitting down and having a conversation in a cozy environment, but that's no longer the case here. Now, we don't know exactly what triggered this. Was it a specific incident or just a general issue with the homeless in the area? But it is the new policy. You can come in, you can grab a cup of coffee, you just can't sit down, and you can't hang Bruce out. Wolf, Tim Slagle on the weekly wrap. So let me, let me get this straight. Starbucks 
you know, it's a sensitive one. You know, they let the bums in uh, later. <laughs> have to go but to the bathroom somewhere. They take away the somewhere. table and chairs. Yeah, they, they, they take all that away. And I think Starbucks, uh, the brass, has to have unconscious uh, racism training. Remember, they they shut them the whole company down one day to have that years ago. I think this is conscious bias. <laughs> not even well they actually they if you remember that they, they, they got in trouble they got uh, uh they got sued by a white woman they fired because they admitted right. they fired her just because she was white yeah so yeah they're definitely racist um right <laughs> but i don't uh, i don't know who they're racist against but, but it, definitely racism I mean, plays a part this is a you know classic nimby uh moment uh well they, they don't want anybody in 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 their places anymore well the interesting thing if you remember when starbucks opened they they, they were like the first uh uh fast food franchise to offer big comfy chairs and right. they would actually encourage you to settle in and just uh and i've i've used it many times on the road it's a it's a great place to go and hang out and do some work without having to check into a hotel uh, um i've i've loitered there myself uh Usually, you know, I dress like a hobo uh, so that, you know, I, I, they give me a warm welcome and. And, uh, it, you know, usually a, a free cup of hot water at, at the very least. So, uh, yeah. you know, the difference between a bum and a hobo. Did you know what is the difference? Yeah. Uh, a, a hobo works. <laughs> oh, really? OK. Yeah. The, the idea of hobo, oh, going... is he's kind of like a migrant worker. Yeah, right. that's, a, that's a hobo, whereas a bum just uh, uh, asks for money. Well, Hobo's got that stick with the, you know his laundry on, on the back there, right? Unless yeah. he's practicing his golf swing. Yeah, that's what. Uh, yeah, that's 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 what you tell the teacher if you send your kid to school on Halloween dressed as a as a, as a bum. No, he's not a bum. He's a hobo. <laughs> <laughs> he's not homeless. He's just oh, uh, yeah. Uh, wandering. Yeah. Uh, so there's been a couple of travel advisories issued. Uh, one was by uh, Canada and the other by the NAACP. Um, the Canadian one uh, was given to its citizens who identify as two lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, questioning, or intersex, uh, otherwise known as 2SLGBTQI+, uh, to apply particular caution when traveling to the United States, but not in response to any specific threat to their physical safety, uh, but, you know, it's the vibe out there that, you know, we're kind of hostile until uh, Bud Light sales or rebound, I, I guess. And then there's this <laughs> other one. The NAACP had issued this advisory uh, uh, for blacks going to Florida. And of course, the proof of the pudding was this racist murder that, of course, you can uh, lay it sure. at, at the at the feet of Ron DeSantis. Now, I'm wondering this is my real question. So Florida is in the United States. So Florida would be under the advisory from Canada as well as the NAACP advisory. So is that like double secret probation for for Florida? I mean, they really got the double whammy there. Um, but and yeah. why, 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 why Florida? I mean, if you if you count the amount of uh, uh, African-Americans that have been murdered uh, per year, I, I would say the day, most dangerous place for an African-American is, is, is Chicago. Um, well, but let's be fair now, because Chicago's got a big population. Uh, and. Uh, yeah, right. You're right. <laughs> it's bad here. It's bad. Same. You know, it's 
look, it's, it's bad anywhere there is a blue city and sure. it, it could be in a red state. But red states have blue cities as, as well. Um, yeah, but those are just yeah those, those those aren't hate crimes. Those are just yeah. just crimes. You know, no, you, if you don't get, get if you get murdered if you get murdered and there's no malice in the person's heart when he murders you, it's it it's much feels easier better. to take. Yeah, it feels yeah. it's it's a lot better. Sure, it's it's kind of like a bullet to a fat woman uh, at at Kennedy uh, <laughs> Park. It really doesn't hurt. <laughs> you know, speaking of which, you know, and we got to talk more about this white sack shooting here, uh, because as Harry Carey once said, uh, you can't beat guns at the old ballpark. I believe that's what he said. Um, but there was, it was not known according to the Sun Times story if the bullet that passed through the older woman's thigh was the same one that grazed the younger woman's abdomen or was the one found in the hoodie. I mean, you talk about Zapruder-like action right here. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, this is one magic bullet. And it even, even the Zapruder bullet at, at most came from the uh, fifth floor, I guess it was, of the book depository. This one, they still are not ruling out that um, it, it came from uh, you know a mile away or from you know maybe a drone. So uh, but here's the thing. Why? You know, you'd stop a Little League game if something like this happened. Why did they stop? And the ball game, it was just the White Sox and the A's, like two of the worst teams in baseball. It's practically a Little League game. Why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they cancel? And then they did. They canceled the Vanilla Ice concert afterwards and then lied about it on the scoreboard, saying technical difficulties or something. Um so why wouldn't they cancel? Yeah, those those vanilla those game? those vanilla ice fans, boy, those uh, you 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 know those white gangster rappers, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> of course, there's going to be. Of course, people are going to bring be bringing heat into the into the stadium. I I just uh, it it just doesn't make make a lot of sense. Um, but it was a good distraction. You know, I maybe they don't want to cancel a game because it would diminish from uh, the impact of uh, disco demolition in 1979 when they had to cancel uh, <laughs> well, and you, well, yeah, you don't want to see I'm another think- cancellation that's what i'm thinking yeah it's it's kind of very similar isn't it you got a you got a bunch of people showing up to see uh to see a uh, vanilla ice uh, just right. like that just to see the 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 uh the disco records blowing up there was no right. there was, was there were there musicians that day well, there weren't there any musicians, concert? but there were a lot of records. People brought their disco yeah. records to blow them up. So, I mean, basically, you were figuratively blowing up Donna Summer, uh, you know, which is worse. <laughs> I, for one, enjoy her rendition of MacArthur Park. I'll, you know, I'll admit that. Uh, and uh, with this, with his sampling, Vanilla Ice has destroyed a lot of songs for me. <laughs> so, okay, I guess, I guess that's the tie-in, huh? So, so there, yeah, there, there you go. Anyway, I just, um, you know, there's still a lot of questions there, which will be unanswered. And really, it's a nice distraction uh, from everything else that's been going on with the White Sox. You know, they hired a new general manager today. His name is Chris Getz. And he was always so they cleaned house, but they didn't really. They just kept they they went in-house, you know, just like they went in-house for a shooting um, and and just promoted somebody. The the rationale was that uh, Reinsdorf, the owner, believes that the White Sox can win next year. So they he wanted to have somebody in the organization. Well, if they could win next year, why did he fire Kenny Williams and Rick Hahn? I mean, I don't <laughs> I'm not really I don't know if I understand that logic, but they wanted um, to promote someone in the organization much in the, the way that they uh, appointed Weiss as the uh, special prosecutor exactly. on the exactly. Hunter investigation. I'll tell you that that's our uh, that's our analogy of the day. It's a winner. Uh, <laughs> it's going to it's going to blow Senator McConnell's mind right behind you. But uh, yeah, we, we, and we still have not heard from from Mitch. 
Um, nope, he's still uh, he's still trying to get a word out. Well, you know, it's interesting because he actually looks a little better. You know, he's not as jowly, but maybe, you know, that's kind of that frail look, I guess. So maybe <laughs> it's not that good. I think he could use like one and a half chins, not the three or four that he had. But now he, he doesn't have any. So uh, it's uh, yeah, he doesn't look like a snapping turtle anymore. He looks like a mud no, turtle. It's kind of sad. It's kind of sad. So um, meanwhile, there's a, a, a study out. That guess what? After all the feminism, single women are very, very unhappy. Uh, can we roll that that tweet in here? I mean, it's just it's just kind Get of out. A, a kind of a sad thing. I mean, are you surprised? Um, you mean you mean sitting says, at home, sitting at home with a pint of Ben and Jerry's and, and <laughs> along with you around with your cats around you? Isn't is it a happy lifestyle? No, and then you know you get the fur balls in the Ben and in the Cherry Garcia, and it's <laughs> surveys show uh, that uh, after fifty years of feminism, American women are only fifty. Oh, it's more. Well, yeah, uh, American women are increasingly likely to report themselves as unhappy, a characteristic especially marked in unmarried young liberal women with no religious connection. And of course, this uh, coordinates very nicely with their voting patterns because, as we know, married men voted for Trump. Married women actually favor the Republicans. Uh, single men favor the Republicans, but unmarried women, 37 point for the advantage for the Democrats. Huh. And, um, you know, when you're married to the state, I mean, that's tougher than a nun being married to Jesus. <laughs> right. I, I mean, it's it's it's, it's a single it's, women unhappy uh, in other yeah. news. Fish now riding bicycles. <laughs> right. I uh, well. And that's a reference. Isn't that a, isn't that a Gloria Steinemism or something? Yeah, uh, yeah. That's, a woman that's, needs yeah, a man like a fish needs for, a for for our young listeners. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm See, sorry, they wouldn't I, have caught how you. clever that is. <laughs> and I have to. Sometimes you need the annotated version of the Tim Slagle Act. You could bring me if you'd like to your stand-up routine. So if you're doing your Mitch McConnell impersonation and it passes like the two-minute mark, I'll just yell out to the audience. You know, he's doing McConnell. <laughs> I mean, really, you people. Um, do you do other other voices? Uh, well, actually, it wasn't a voice. You do other um, impersonations. Yeah, yeah, I have, but never, but never like an announced impression. Like, uh -huh. like, uh, like when Clinton was in office, I used to. Uh, I feel your pain, and while yeah. I'm at it, I'm going to feel them boobies too. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> so, yeah, I used to do that, but that was like it, it wasn't. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, here's a yeah. little impression. Yeah. Uh, this is my impression. No, it wasn't of, Rich yeah, it was, Little doing. Uh, five it wasn't. Different yeah, or uh, Frank Gorshin. Yeah. How he goes. Sometimes I feel like I'm turning into. James Cagney. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't get me started on Gorshin doing Burt Lancaster and Kirk Douglas arguing with each other. Come on. <laughs> was that was that the best? And then I thought Gorshin diminished himself by becoming the Riddler. I mean, this is for the great Frank Gorshin. How does he? I mean, you know, I know it was camp. I, you, know, you know, you know, I think all those Batman villains, I think I think they're all legendary now. I, I, I Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's fantastic. Caesar Caesar Romero is the Joker every, and he wouldn't I mean, he really? wouldn't shave off his mustache <laughs> for the for the role. I'm, I'm thinking of all the people who probably wanted to be villains in Batman, like Charlton Heston probably wanted to be here. So, and, and, sure. and, you know. And not only that, not only the villains, and there also was the uh, the cameos when they would be crawling oh, yeah. up the when they like they'd be crawling up the villain uh, or the, the, side, the of side of the building, building. Yeah, side of the right. building, yeah. And all of a sudden, Jerry Lewis would pop out of a window. <laughs> and goes, "Hey, you guys, it's the Cape Crusaders." 
There we go. You could do the telethon this weekend. That's great. Can you sing You'll Never Walk Alone? Uh, uh, you know, just to, to take us out of this segment. All right. Uh, Bruce Wolf, Tim Slagle on the weekly wrap. Bit of a stinky situation at the U.S. Open. It is not because of the action on the courts, though. Some of the top tennis players in the world are complaining about the smell of cannabis. So where's it coming from? News Ford's Greg Sergal went to Arthur Ashe Stadium. Find out. Greg. Well, David, uh, less of a mystery here and more, I guess, of just what's the new normal at this big New York event where smells can be a big part of the fan experience here. Here's Tim Slagle on the weekly wrap. Yeah, you know, pot is ubiquitous in New York. Uh, it's uh, it's not only at the U.S. Open, it's 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 everywhere. And are we going to find out like 25, 30 years from now that, uh, you know, it's pretty dangerous, especially for kids under 25 to have it. And, uh, you know, th I think it's yeah, I think it's already showing. I mean, yeah. you, you you hear employers talking about the, the that their the kids today have no ambition, that they, they, they can't work. They do what's called quiet quitting where they actually don't quit, but they don't work either. They just uh -huh. show up every day and sit there. And yeah. it's, I blame, I blame pot legalization. I think it's, uh, interesting, interesting, uh, no study, no study to prove it. I mean, that's just my old man, uh, darn kids, uh, rant. Right. Day, right. But. It's, it's get off my grass, not get off my lawn. <laughs> buddy. Yeah. It's, uh, I can smell it. Do you ever smell it driving? Like you'll be behind a car and you can just, it, it just, it just starts coming through and it's like, did I hit a skunk? It's like, oh no, I, uh, I'm behind a hippie. But yeah, I mean, but that's supposedly what it's, it's like all, all over New York right now. And you know, the, the other places too. And it's like, oh, okay. Michigan was one of the first places I think outside California that legalized it. And I, I just remember it was just everywhere. Go to the grocery store, you know, of course it was the people like down the Cheetos aisle. <laughs> you'd, be, you'd be behind. Totally understand that. Oh, these look great. No, yeah, every, everything does. Everything does right now, kids. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, so uh, apparently, the Discovery Channel is going to have CNN news alerts on it. Let's see. Here's the thing. First off, I everything I watch uh, has subtitles on it now. So if they're going to put it, something in a crawl which has a news alert, it, what is it is, is going to go over the subtitles of the thing that I'm watching? Or are they going to break in? I'm not sure exactly what they're going to do. But don't people watch these other channels to get away from the news? If you want the news, you got it. As a matter of fact, you can even check on your phone for the news while you're watching the Discovery Channel. Uh, I don't... Uh, I don't know what you watch the Discovery Channel for now. I know originally it was supposed to be like a science channel. It was supposed to be all right. science documentaries. I don't know what they're showing now. Well, that's probably a sign that they're, you know, a, a death rattle for them. <laughs> oh, now we're going <laughs> to we're gonna rely on CNN, which nobody watches to supply us with yeah. headlines here. Yeah, that'll be a great synergy between Mitch McConnell and Diane Feinstein. Right. Going to okay. steal some going to steal some of their 10,000 viewers. <laughs> right. So there is a new version of We Didn't Start the Fire. Uh, it's out, uh, out from uh, something called Fallout Boy. Uh, I, I got to admit, you know, I'm a little bit behind the times. I haven't even listened to the Oliver Anthony song yet, but um, they I, all I can say is and I've heard, you know, people don't like this version of We Didn't Start the Fire, you know, the Billy Joel song. If mm -hmm. this the song doesn't rhyme Vince Foster suicide with children of thalidomide, I, I don't want to hear uh, any more of it. When <laughs> oh, Billy Joel oh, we got to have Bruce Wolf's We Didn't yeah. Start the Fire. Well, here's the thing. 
Billy Joel, when he yells children of the thalidomide and that, you have to have a heart of stone part of my Oscar Wilde not to start laughing hysterically <laughs> at that. <laughs> oh, come on, Billy. <laughs> children of thalidomide. I forgot what he rhymed it with, too. Uh, I, I don't I, I don't know. Uh, iron oxide something. I'm a little rusty uh, and I don't remember. So, um, yeah, but uh, I, I assume you. Uh, oh, oh, and Chris thought this was going to be a Bruce parody song about Maui. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, we could do a poetry slam right now. Maui had an owie, you know, let's see. Okay. Um, or space lasers. So, um, you know, getting back, of course, to that shooting at uh, Comiskey Park, which is our top story other than uh, Mitch McConnell uh, today. No, there, there actually was a Tribune column by a guy. And, you know, the Tribune's so woke now. He recommended that uh, Barack Obama become the the White Sox. The White Sox sell because they don't know how to run a team. And Barack Obama, especially with and he said this without joking, with his success with the economy, <laughs> which I thought was the greatest laugh line there, uh, you know, should become the next owner of the White Sox. He knows how to run things. Well, first of all, as far as he might know, how, he might know how to run. He certainly doesn't know how to throw. Well, yeah. And, and <laughs> he did not mention at all that he threw out a first pitch once uh, in mom jeans uh, and didn't uh, know how to throw at all. Uh, he called <laughs> he called uh whatever it's called, the guaranteed rate at the time. It was cellular U.S. cellular or or commonly referred to as Comiskey Park. He called it Kaminsky Field. I mean, this is a guy who loves sports and it should be the owner of the White Sox. And the Tribune runs this crap. I mean, I couldn't. believe. Well, 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 first of all, first of all, I think a true Southsider always puts an N in Comiskey. I, I, I always did. And I'm not even a Southsider, but it was my yeah. homage to the Southsider at Comiskey. Sure. It's, sure. Yeah. And it's a, they, I, he got he got he got uh, laughed at a lot. They said the, for doing that. But outside people outside Chicago don't realize that you're supposed to put an end that doesn't belong there. No, there's no there's no nothing wrong with the Kaminsky. It was calling it field. And uh, it's Kaminsky Park, yeah. not Kaminsky yeah. Field. That's where and you, it's that's soldiers. Where no, it's, it's soldiers field. field. Of course, yeah. it's soldiers field. I get. And also, this is something that you really got to be. It's kind of esoteric. It's not Wrigley, okay? Dallas Green, that interloper who came in in the early 80s, started calling it Wrigley. It's Wrigley Field. It was not Wrigley, but now everybody, oh, you know, Dallas Green, he wins the division title. They lost to San Diego in the playoffs. I don't know what the big deal is. But, they, yeah, he changed it to Wrigley. It's Wrigley Field. Do you know what I learned about you know what I learned uh, uh, probably less than a year ago? And it should have been obvious, but yeah, I never really thought about it. Uh, Wrigley Gum play pays naming rights for that oh i did not know they were paying naming rights yeah that's what i mean it's they kind of keep it secret it's, oh that's know, not, funny that yeah it's no it's just a chicago tradition that we call it wrigley field no really? no rickett's rickett's family came to the gum company I, I, and said Cujo's so you still want your name i yeah you st hey buddies you still want it so what were they going to threaten to call it anything but wrigley anything field. anything anything anybody wanted anybody wow. you know it, it could have been uh uh um uh uh Luminati's field. Speaking of parodies, a... speaking of parodies, just to satisfy Chris, when I was in eighth grade, I wrote a parody of the Charge of the Light Brigade. <laughs> okay, about the Cubs, <laughs> and uh, I was started out National League, National League, National 
like downward, I forget the rest of it. But part of it was I said the Doubleman twins could have pitched as well as Paul and Rick Rochelle. So uh, who were brothers on, on the team. So, yes. Do you remember the Doubleman twins? And it, and it rhymed. Yeah, yes, I do. Yes. Uh, and they were actually twins because they didn't look exactly alike. It's, and then uh, like a guy. Now they would have just used a, a CGI and bought, hired one, one girl. But if, if yeah, or both of them would be AI right now. Twins are totally out of business right now. Think of all the twins, you know, uh, you know, kids because of child labor laws who you're on the, these uh, these TV shows like uh, I, I forgot where the Olsen twins let played by one person. <laughs> I can't remember. I no, they, they played, they show. played, they played one person and they didn't they even played... look, they, they didn't even look alike. Right. They didn't even, they didn't even try. Well, um, like uh, Tabitha, Tabitha Stevens, Tabitha Stevens on bewitched. Okay. Was sure. played by twins, sure. but, uh, but they, they were identical twins. So you never knew, but they, they did that again with the Olsen twins. And it was obvious they didn't, that they, uh, that they were changing from scene to scene axiom one of uh the weekly rap eventually the conversation will devolve into 1960s tv trivia um <laughs> but uh yeah, patty duke and uh, patty duke played her cousin kathy yeah kathy could live most anywhere from zanzibar to barclay square uh, uh, well, patty likes to rock and roll a hot dog <laughs> makes her lose control what a crazy <laughs> pair of their cousins <laughs> Um, so anyway, yeah. So, and Ray Long, this Tribune reporter, uh, he's, there's some merit to Ray Long. He's a political reporter, but you know, on Twitter now you you give away the store. He tweeted, I don't know if you have this tweet, but he tweeted a a laudatory, uh, tweet about this column that endorsed Barack Obama for owner of the White Sox. What are, what are you doing, Ray? I mean, you're supposed to be objective and you're giving it away. But at least, you know, he's honest about that. And he, he did mention the mom jeans in the tweet. So I'll I'll, I'll give him that much. Um, he actually did. He, Barack actually threw out two pitches it is uh, the first. Okay. The first one was so bad that the, the second one, you could tell that he hired someone to teach him to try to teach him how to throw. Because he uh, really? is. Yeah, his form was much better on the second one. But I got to still... tell you, the mound is scary. Uh, have you ever stood on a mound? It's I got vertigo standing on the mound. It's huh. really high up. And and this is after they lowered it, you know, because in 68, Bob Gibson had a one point one two ERA and Danny McLean won 31 games. And so they had to lower the mound because you know the pitchers had too much of an advantage. But even with a higher mound in the last you know s- several decades, it's it's. Uh, even with the lower mound, I mean, it, it's still pretty high up. So I, you know, I, I, and most people throw out the first pitch, don't throw from the mound. Now, I don't know if Barack Obama did or not. If he threw from the, from the pitcher's mound itself, we actually have video right now. Let's watch this. Video. This is uh, this is the first one. This the is, first one at a Washington nationals game. I think, he's not I think watching this is the, wearing the mom one. jeans. We'll do a little radio yep. play, play by play here. And he's, he's up on the mound. He's standing on the mound and he puts the oh, there's cap a Sox on, cap puts on a Sox, a Sox cap. So everyone at, knows yep. at Washington nationals uh, stadium, RFK or no, whatever they call it now. And he's left-handed. Okay. Here's Barack Obama looking in and here's the wind getting up, the, getting the signal from the catcher and the ceremonial <laughs> first pitch coming up here. And it is, oh man, it was way high and inside. It looked like he shot put it. Okay. Yeah. And he's still smiling. The point I think for a politician is to smile about that. All right. And on that note, uh, uh, Barack Obama, then he walked over and told Joe Biden, uh, you're too old. 
Uh, but Mitch McConnell, you will always be eternally young to me. Thank you for joining us as uh, in a in a in a cameo role here um, as the quasi character in in this uh, edition of the Weekly Wrap with Bruce Wolf and Tim Slagle. And that's the Weekly Wrap on radio and television. Follow Bruce at Bruce Wolf Shy on Twitter and Tim at timslagle.com. The Weekly Wrap with Bruce Wolf, a CP Pods production.